Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Lap Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories. Gussied up. I am your host, Kyle Jest. If you're tuning into this episode, you are one of two people. Either you have not a clue in the world who Manuel Huevas is, or you know exactly who that is, and that's the only reason you're listening to this show. In which case, hey, subscribe and download more episodes. But in all seriousness, if you like this, you will love those, I promise. Everyone lives kind of a double life, the side that we see and the side that we don't. But Manuel might experience that a little more than most people do. But if you'd met him on either side of the fence, you'd never know. We call this one as we see it, Secret Mexican Pop Star. To his friends, he's Manuel. I'm just Manuel, Manuel from Vancouver. But in his home country of Mexico, the Manuel from Vancouver vanishes. Because there, Manuel becomes man, Man Huevas, the number one hit single pop star. I actually have a newspaper in my room with my face on it right beside, like, notes about Ringo Starr and, you know. <laughs> Back in Vancouver, Manuel is quiet, unassuming. I'm just a barista in a restaurant. The main boss, like, I don't think she has any idea who I am or what I've done. Like, she probably has no idea. The few people who do know are skeptical. Oh, that's cool. Why are you working here again? It's not so hard to believe, is it? He just wanted to tell stories. Like, I wanted to work in Disney. The first comic strip I did, like, it was a, a mattress that was in love with a microwave. The microwave was pretty up in the cupboards, so he would never be able to reach. Because he was like a really, like, little mattress, which makes no sense, but I guess as a kid. A kid? Barely. By three, Manuel was already reading Spanish. Not that music wasn't there. He had a band in high school which is punto y aparte. In Spanish, the punctuation mark before a new paragraph. Like the end of an idea and the beginning of a new idea. Manuel was a bona fide language aficionado. At least he was. Yeah, you're getting to the heart of things. His family, they're moving to Canada. Manuel would have to learn English. So I felt like I had to start all over again. He knows a little English, he thinks. Compared to the other boys, though, he's an oddity. There's no Latin people really here in Vancouver and Coquitlam, so everyone knew I was a new kid. I was so afraid of screwing up that I would like process in Spanish, then translate, then respond. I would have headaches. I would get home with huge headaches because I was trying so hard to concentrate, and people would get frustrated, so they would just leave me alone. In a year, he graduates, decides to go to film school. He meets new friends, and his English improves. And for a while, things are good, if uneventful. But somebody's looking for him. Nurivan. And the calls, they're not local. Nurivan Reyes. They're coming from Mexico, but Manuel has no idea. They're not being made to him. He was calling my grandparents' house, and my grandma would pick up and be like, No, he's not here. He's going to be here on Saturday, I think. Manuel arrives in Mexico for his cousin's wedding. Since school's still on, he's only there for the weekend. Norivan is desperate to get a hold of him. But I didn't know why. I didn't know him that well at the time. And I'm like, okay, let's meet at the mall. I have like half an hour. Turns out the two ones met in high school. Norivan lent studio space to Punto Yaparte, where the band recorded its demos. There's a new record label, says Norivan, a startup. And I want them to sign you. The label Manuel's The Perfect Bridge, Mexican-born, English-speaking. By July 2007, they sign him. He has until Christmas to prep the first album. He'll fly to Mexico on his winter break, record the songs, and head back home for graduation. 
daunting, sure, but Manuel... I have all of these songs that have been sitting for years. All he has to do is cherry-pick the best and focus on school. Then when he tells his classmates... Oh, I got signed, and I'm gonna record an album. They were all kinda... yeah, really? Manuel graduates in May 2008. It's a good thing, too, because days later his album launches. He's on radio, television, booked in clubs across the country. Everywhere. If they If there was a space... They will send me and I will play a show there. I don't even remember how many, but there were a lot of them. A lot. He's at a gig one night. The black room it was called. He dons pink shirt, tight jeans, slicks his hair. He becomes Man Huibes, pop star. He steps on stage and surveys the room. Harsh neon lights careen off disco balls. And I look at my crowd. And it's a sea of black eyeliner. Yeah. It's a goth club. I start playing my lighthearted pop songs and dancing around stage, and most of my songs were in English too. They started booing. I didn't know what to do. The band has a contract. They have to play. The water bottle bounces off the back wall. Get off the stage, you traitor of our nation. Sing something in Spanish. Every time I drummer picks up the beat. The band plays faster. Faster. And then I realized, it was like, I can't win this crowd over. They were hating it as much as I was hating it, and no one stopped the show. You're no one. You're starting up. You, you don't have a name yet, or a career, or anything. You are putting yourself out there in front of all of these people that don't know who you are. It's not your mom and your dad and your uncle and aunt watching you sing. It's like people that have no idea who you are and they're going to judge you because you're on that stage. That wasn't the first or the last time people booed, but he didn't have a choice. I was in a contract for three albums. I had a piece of paper that said that I had to keep going. I either learned to deal with this somehow or I'm going to get in shit. Sooner than later, the first tour is over. Manuel flies back to Canada. The extreme ups and downs of the tour are instead replaced by a profound boredom. I was home, and I had nothing to do. His student visa expired, leaving him unable to legally work. What, what am I supposed to do? They're like, you have to be in the country until you get your permanent residence. I had no choice but to go into under-the-table jobs, because I couldn't get anything. I was cleaning houses. Meanwhile, his brother finds an ad on Craigslist for a toy factory. They're ramping up for the holiday rush, they pay cash, and there's no tax. A toy factory, yeah, that's interesting. He takes the job. His first assignment? I was bottling Louvre. Sorry, what? Like Louvre products and the Louvre machine will fill them. That kind of toy factory. I don't know, when I thought I was going to be a pop star, I was going to be this successful, glamorous, rich singer and just be playing shows. And then all of a sudden, I was in a factory putting dildos in boxes. Same time, his record label's pressuring him. I haven't written, I haven't done all of these things. It's like, what am I going to talk about? Because I had all of these songs to pick from my life as a teenager growing up. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, now I have to record a second album. What am I going to do? He feels like an amateur. And because I was not so sure of what I wanted, the producer I was working with was especially, like, hard on me. Norivan insists that the new album broaden its scope. Very, very different. And the label wants half the songs in English. No, it's going to be in Spanish or I'm not doing anything. He's like, you don't know any music theory. I tell you to sing in an F key and you don't know what I'm talking about. You're going to do what I'm telling you to do. And Walker could drop it. He was right. He was right. But he won't. 
I started to develop some sort of an ego. I might not know all of this theory, but I know I want this song in Spanish. And if it's not in Spanish, I'm walking. And he's like, well, then the door is wide open. And I just took off. We did the song in Spanish. I got it my way. Second tour kicks off. I didn't play goth clubs. I was playing better venues for crowds that enjoyed my music. I, I actually, that's when I started to really see fame or recognition. The crew rolls in this one venue, and the bartender says, Hey, drinks on me. We could drink whatever we wanted. I perform at like midnight, almost one in the morning. I got wasted. I drank and drank and drank. And drank and drank and drank. That was done. But not enough to stop the show. He stumbles on stage. I was walking around and dancing like a lunatic. I could not sing. There were people there that my record label wanted to be in business with that just walked. The rest of the night, it's a bit of a blur. But the next morning at breakfast, the record label couldn't be clearer. You cannot do this ever again, or you're done. Despite some uneven ground between them, Norivan pushes Manuel to study music. He made me go to music school. Manuel becomes a permanent resident, finally able to work wherever he wants. Instead of coming back and going to a factory. <laughs> In the coming weeks, Man's single, Olvidado, debuts on Mexican airwaves. If it does well, it'll be his second Spanish-language single. Mexico is still not very huge on digital sales, but it's more based on radio. They were like, okay, it's coming out this date. I'm like, okay, perfect. Today's the day. Let's see if I got number 200. Nothing. He tries number 150. Nada. I keep going, I keep going. Zip. Oh no, I'm, I'm almost in the 50. Zilch. I'm, I don't see 50, 40. It's not on the chart. No, 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 I keep going. It's not there. And then... I'm like, what? This cannot be. Like, how... <laughs> number 7 was mine. He fires an email at the label. What's going on? I'm number seven. Number seven? Yeah, you're number seven. And then the week after, he moved to one. I got a number one single. Like, that's that's something huge. Like, huge. So I went back. I went back to Mexico. Wow. This, this is actually worth it. That, that moment, it really hit me. Oh, now I actually have a career. Man keeps touring, and each time the response is getting bigger. I got to the airport, and there were people with pictures of my face, and came over, and they were asking me to sign things when I was carrying my bags, and I was super tired. But, wow, this is amazing, and I am so thankful for it. That's Mexico, where everybody knows your name. Here in Vancouver, people are like, wow, that's sick, that's cool. But... I don't know, it's just in their eyes, I'm just a person they used to see. I'm not this other persona that does all of these crazy things called man. Even my parents, it's funny. The summer of 2013 is man's fourth tour, and it's going amazing. The biggest shows he's ever played in his life. But midway through the tour, he gets some news. When I found out about he dying, I was on a show, and I had to go on stage and perform. My grandpa passed. That was the hardest thing I've done. But his passing means more than Manuel knows. His parents will be in Mexico. They'll see him perform for the first time as man. Manuel's got a television interview. His dad's swinging by the studio to watch. 
I really wanted to impress him. You know, you, you really want him to, like, look what I've done. Dad waits just off screen. The camera rolls. He saw me, like, doing the interview, and I just saw his eyes, like, oh, my God, like, this is incredible. Even though they've seen interviews of me, they've seen all of this other stuff, how it happens, how people treat me when I arrive, and they started to understand it. Work back home calls. Manuel's parents have to depart before the end of the tour. The highlight, a full-fledged music festival in Socalo. Socalo is the main plaza in Mexico City. Every artist, including man, plays three songs for a crowd of 80,000 people. One of the greatest experiences of my life, something that I dreamed about and I thought it was impossible. Honestly, I don't even know if it was like 80,000. That's what they said in the news and that's what I believe, but I had no fucking idea how many people were there. To most people, an alter ego is something reserved for the Clark Kents, the Peter Parkers of the world. Pop stars, they're supposed to be superheroes. You're not allowed to be upset because people might think that you're an ass. And I never get to be alone when I'm there. Never. I'm never alone. If I'm always in this bubble, maybe I won't have as much inspiration to write. In Canada, Manuel goes mostly unnoticed. He gets to be Clark Kent, and he kind of likes it that way. I like to be normal. I wouldn't say invisible, but I like to have a normal life. Pop stars have sort of like a lifespan too. People that just met me, they don't believe it. They just don't. How would they? That story again was by Manuel Huevas. Man is a Mexican pop star. And uh, a lot has happened since we recorded this episode. Man has parted way with his previous record label, which means Norivan, whose name I'm convinced I'm mispronouncing, is no longer a part of his music. Instead, Man released his own EP independently called Terra and his independent single, uh, Sin Aliento, which I'm going to say right now I'm probably mispronouncing, is available on iTunes if you check uh, thelaps.org. You'll find a link to it there. And as for the laps, if you want to hear more stories from us, and you do, trust me, they're, they're going to be good. And if you have a story to tell, email stories at thelaps.org. I'll say it again. Everyone has a story, including you. Email us. We'll make you sound good. This was The Laps. Thank you, everybody. 